Welcome to Troubleshooting Innovation, a commercial baking podcast. Sponsored by Reading Bakery Systems, RBS, the world's leading manufacturer of automated systems for baked snack production, continuous mixing, and oven profiling. I'm your host, Joni Spencer, Editor-in-Chief for the Commercial Baking Media Group, and I'm speaking with industry expert Dave Vanlar as we unpack all the pain points that come with innovation and product development and discover new ways to overcome them. Today, we'll be discussing data collection and ways to identify, collect, and analyze trending information to help with the equipment and the product. Hi, Dave. Good morning, Joni. How are you? I am great. Thanks for being with me for episode number five. Wow, five already. (laughs) So, Dave, we started this whole podcast talking about how to navigate those pain points that come with innovation and avoiding the heartache that can also sometimes accompany innovation. So today I want to talk about how data collection and analysis can help bakers really be better innovators. Sounds like a great subject, Joni. Let's see where it goes. All right. So I was thinking we could start with a history lesson and really tap into your longevity in the industry. In your experience, when would you say you first saw data become available for bakery operations? And then what did the adoption look like from there? Well, Joni, as you said, with my years of experience, my first recollection is when we took a rock and chiseled the instructions on the stone. (laughs) And then we moved up to seriously, the, the first thing I remember is a baker taking off his little baker cap and making notes on his cap. That was data that he needed, and he needed it available to him, so they would take off that hat and write on it. Maybe it was recording in a manual, something that they tracked, uh, like an oven log. Information was available for them at a later date. But we've always recorded information. We've always had data points, but it's what we do with them, I think, that's more critical. Absolutely. Uh, And again, going back to the early years in 1987-88, I was uh, involved in the project at Pepperidge Farm, a, a greenfield plant, new operation, and there was an automated ingredients handling system that measured precise ingredients into each batch. Uh, there were major, minor, and micro systems for that. Almost every ingredient was weighed automatically. There should have been no human interface in the whole process. There was a data highway installed in the whole plant. Uh, It managed the entire process. Well, operators sat and watched that. But all the information was sent to a central control room. The equipment controls were fed into a central computer system, and everything was tied to the control room. The technicians manned that uh, 24-7, and they monitored everything that they could. It was a thing of beauty. However, however, and there's always a however with new technology, Of course. It became overload in a lot of areas. We could not handle all the information. Uh, We had analysis paralysis at times. We had the data. Now what would we do with it? Um, Not all the equipment was feedback friendly. We could monitor the equipment, but could not always use that information to go back to to the machine itself. So if they saw something going out of control, they'd have to pick up the phone and call that operator tell them to make some adjustments. In addition to that, there were power blips, power failures, that just a blip in the system 
uh, caused resets, valves malfunction, motors burn out. All those things can happen. So nothing is foolproof. The information was only as useful as our ability to do something meaningful with it. But all in all, it was the right direction to go, and many meaningful lessons were learned. But once again, as we venture into new territory, there's often pain associated with it. You know, I remember one of the sessions early on in that project, um, I sat down with an equipment manufacturer, and they were to control the process from handling the dough to out of the oven. And we got quite carried away in one session. I thought what we could do on the depositor was to check weigh each lane across the oven band and each dough ball that came out. And then we could take that information and feed it back to a servo at the depositor and automatically change the weight of each piece as the, as the adjustments needed to be made. Uh, of course, that was way out. It was the right thing to do, but we weren't able to tie everything together. Right. And, you know, I think it's still a challenge today, that question of what do you do with the information? I've I've talked to bakers, you know, they're like, we well, have all this data and then we print it out and then it's just numbers on a page and it goes in a drawer. <laughs> goes in a drawer in case there's an audit, in case somebody asks, in case they need it for something else. And, you know, and I've been a long time proponent of inbound ingredient tracking. We do a lot of work with inbound ingredients. We take measurements, we take uh, statist do statistical analysis, we get information from the C of A, we get all this information and we typically put it on a piece of paper or maybe into the computer and there it is until we get an audit. And then at the audit we say, hey, we've got all this. Well, that's great and we do need to do that for the audit. Mm -hmm. But why don't we do something more with it? You know, we've been tracking lot control for years, inbound materials, outbound shipments. You know, we're able to track a lot of flour from the mill to the store shelf today. That doesn't help our process. That's all just record keeping, if you will. We do have some proactive things that we use, like the master sanitation schedule, preventive maintenance uh, programs, which I think have come a long way, and, and they're a big help in the industry. Oven logs are something that we've always kept. Line QA sheets we've always kept. But how do we do something meaningful with that data? And that's exactly what you're hearing, Joni, is, is now what do we do with it? To your point, you know, with the audits, the data collection is a wonderful tool for like FISMA compliance. And like you said, it's there when it's needed. But what would you say is the learning curve these days. I would guess that the curve looks a little bit different if you're an old school baker versus a younger generation baker, that, that learning curve between collecting the data and knowing what to do with it. There's no question. I think the, the old timers, if you will, had that information in their head and then they would look at things when they needed for instance, if they were having a problem that, that they thought was a flour problem, they would go back and look at incoming sheets and check the protein, check other uh, statistics on the inbound shipment. So they knew where to go if they needed the information, but they had the experience and the knowledge to know that they needed to go look. Mm -hmm. Today, we don't have that with people that are coming into the industry. So it's a learning curve of two things, I believe, Joni. It's a learning curve of the industry to make the information available and make it usable, but it's also a learning curve with every new employee. 
how do they walk into the system and be able to use the information? And that's what we need to understand for this upcoming generation is how do we make the information usable for them? You're right. And, you know, that kind of sparked a little thought for me that there is the veteran bakers who understand the process and they can probably analyze that data really well. And then there are the younger bakers who understand the Internet of Things and understand the tools that are available. So perhaps the new ways of data collection and analysis could be the bridge to bring these two groups together. There's no question about that, I, th- I think, Joni. We have to somehow build in that bakery knowledge into these new systems. Um, going back to Pepperidge Farm days in the early 80s, I was on a group that we were trying to do artificial intelligence back then by capturing all the information that these master bakers knew. And I never, never forget sitting in a room with these three people and sitting there while they argued about the best way to fix a problem, you know, and these people could all go into a plant and fix a problem, but they would do it in different ways. They would develop products in different ways. The results would be nearly the same, but their procedures were different. I mentioned in one of our recent podcasts that the operators had their process running and they yellow all the time, mm-hmm. perfectly in control. Mm-hmm. And they were measuring product parameters in real time, in as real time as they could, color, moisture, the weight of the product, both at the depositor, the wet weight, and the final packaging weight, and the finished product size. And this was real. This was not just something for show, because a lot of times we kind of do things for show. You know, we say, hey, look how we've got our process in control. Well, this lady, I wanted to ask a little bit more because I just wasn't certain that they were that good at it, maybe. (laughs) And she showed me again, real time, the screen of the check wire. And she said, I know because here's the average of the check wire. Here's how many lightweights I'm running, how many overweights I'm running. And I was really impressed with that. It was not smoke and mirrors. It was meaningful data being used real time. And again, in talking to her further, When a different crew came on, and I witnessed this, they got more conservative in their adjustments. So they were afraid of getting into the yellow. So they were in the green, well into the green all the time, well in spec, but you're giving away a little bit more product than they should have, you know, maybe running on a little higher side of the color. So it depends on the person taking that technology and doing something with it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was going to ask about how data can identify how the equipment is performing and how that helps with the product. But that story is such a good anecdotal explanation for how data can directly impact the product. But let's talk about the equipment for a minute, because I know you have really good relationships, not only with other bakers, but also with the suppliers out there. So in your experience and your conversation with the equipment suppliers, how have you seen data help bakers identify how the equipment is performing and how has that led to efficiencies and better product? You know, I think we need to make, again, that information more visual. We need to make it look like a video game if we can. And and that may sound silly, but that's what the people coming up understand. Mm -hmm. And and not the video game that I learned on, you know, like Pong. (laughs) We're talking about video games that are amazingly complex and they require critical thinking skills to compete successfully. 
I know one of my grandsons is regularly playing games with people around the world. And, and there are a lot of things going on, which I don't understand in that game, and I probably never will. But can we tie the characteristics of inbound ingredients, for instance, with the final product? How do we make a video game how to bake properly instead of blowing up the world you know, <laughs> that, that they do on those processes? You know, and what's the experience of the bakers in the past? And how can that be put into those games? You know, the, the other people learned by experience. How can we, we talked about this earlier also, how can we visualize what's happening in that big hot box that the product goes into wet and comes out dry? Right. You know, can we put the perfect baking curve on the screen and have them match it somehow, but also give them some tools to understand, you know, what there is. And again, that's the human side of the learning curve is maybe they won't be a master baker, but they'll understand when they make an adjustment here, that's how it affects the final product there. And I think there's something to that. In other words, the equipment manufacturers can help us take the mystery of baking, both the art and the science, out of the process and give our operators tools to better manage the process. I think you're really on to something. And, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about how veteran bakers had that ability to use their senses, whether it was sensing, you know, feeling the dough and sensing something's out of spec or knowing that there's something going on with the machine just because they can hear that something's a little bit off. Maybe the data that's available to bakers now and the propensity that younger bakers have for that gaming mindset, data can help them bridge that gap with their ability to sense when something's out of spec or something's going on with the machine and take advantage of that skill set so that they are going further than just turning on the machine and watching it go. Exactly, Joni. And I think that was our intent back in the 80s was to somehow capture that information. The technology was not there. You know, there was no way to put that down on a screen and have a simple decision tree come up. Um, you know, when telemarketers call us, uh, you know, I've renewed my car warranty about 16 times last year. Mm -hmm. But uh, when they call us, they have a, a tree that they go through. When you answer a question one way, they give you one reply. When you answer another way, they give you another reply. Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't work for what we were trying to do. But I believe that uh, the major players have certainly made great strides in both collecting and using meaningful data. But one thing I, I want to caution us all about is not to make it too complicated. We're always going to need human interface. Even that plant that early on in the 80s we built so that, you know, people did not have to interface with it, that they had to. We need to give our people meaningful data, but then just as importantly, we need to educate them how to use it. Now, I think we can, as we were talking, take some of that ability to analyze the data away from them and put it into a system. But if you go back to the science versus art discussion, which will always happen, I believe, mm -hmm. we live in an industry that has inputs with variable uh, characteristics. Again, I go back to Dr. Hashmi as quote, two loads of flour are never exactly the same. A perfectly standardized flour is impossible from mill to mill, less even from crop year to crop year. 
And then his final comment, the baking characteristics of flour are not definitely indicated by chemical tests. So we're not going to be able to get discrete information from testing our ingredients coming in, and they'll always be variable. However, we can use the data that we have to educate our employees, and we can teach them what to do with that information. I think we can do some analysis with it for them. And then they can turn around and adjust the system accordingly. This episode is brought to you by Reading Bakery Systems, a global leader in bakery and snack solutions. RBS Control Systems are leading the industrial Internet of Things technology envelope. The RBS Connect platform facilitates better communication, operations coordination, and data collection and analysis. These systems allow you to monitor real-time information and provide preventative maintenance data, key performance indicators, alarm history, and trending. This helps you discover potential machine problems and replace parts before they result in costly downtime. RBS Connect offers a full suite of innovative IIoT solutions to take your system controls optimization, and management to the next level. Achieve tomorrow's baking systems performance goals today. Learn more at readingbakery.com. When you see the information of how a product is running on the line, like have you ever seen any times where it's like, we see where we could make this product better, like a better crumb, a better taste, Absolutely. And that's where we have done that out of need more than out of technology in the past. The uh, better bakers will always go back and analyze their inputs to see what may have changed. Again, I talked earlier about that great wall between packaging and processing. I've seen far too many times product go to a packaging area that's out of spec and they'll adjust the equipment to try to get it in the package, and they continue to run more and more out of spec. Well, that feedback is critical, and we need the information highway, if you will, to do that. And I think that's what bakers are getting better at, the feedback from one piece of the process to another. That's the the example with running in the yellow people. They were in touch with each other. There were four or five people that all knew what the other one was doing. We talked earlier about the um, mixer that went on break and kept cheating on his lay time. Everybody else in the process was affected. They all knew that. They all knew that. But, you know, management thought they had taken away all the excuses, but they had not. Our people are very, very intuitive in their processes. They know what they're doing. I think more and more we need to bring our people into the process of figuring out what to do with the data. They're the ones that do it every day. They're the ones that deal with the information as best they can. They would like to do it right every time. They would prefer not to have to go back and redo anything. So I think we need to take the input from those people even more seriously than we have in the past. Yeah, I agree. So then when we take our view of the process and then we look at specific equipment that has lent itself really well to providing data, 
What types of equipment innovation are bakers overlooking? What's the low-hanging fruit? Have you seen any tools out there for data collection and analysis that bakers maybe don't know about yet or that they're not taking advantage of? I think we've always been looking for ways to do that, Joni. Um, moisture measurement, for example, is something that we've tried to do real time at the end of the oven. And some people have been successful with it. Others have not. Color measurement at the end of the oven is something that we've done successfully in others. But when we do those type of things, they're not as discreet as what we'd like them to be. So there's a range that we kind of calibrate to. So if a reading is 2.6, it has to mean something else. So it's a matter of interpreting what we're getting. Again, I, I feel that the people are such an important link to that. We tend to overcomplicate sometimes. And again, we tend to give information and we say, we think this will really do well, but it really turns out to not do much more for us than be reactive to the process. Um, a lot of companies do a great job of helping employees understand what they're doing afterwards. You know, I've toured plants where each department proudly talks about their process. They show graphs and charts to track the process. The metrics are measured. Success is measured by the results of those charts. And those are all reactive uh, statements about their process. What I'd like to see is be proactive with that information. Um, how do they realize the process is, is in control real time? A time when graphs and charts show what we already know. And I think a lot of the tools are there to your question, Joni. We're using them already. It's how do we apply that information back into the system? Uh, go back to that big hot box that the product goes into wet and comes out like a pretty piece of product. How do we understand more of what's going on in there? We know that we can send a device through the oven to help us understand air movement, moisture, temperature across the band and through the oven. Can we do that real time somehow? Can we take that information and show the interaction between the product and the piece of equipment that's moving it down the line? So I think there's attempts to do that. There are a lot of measuring devices out there. I think they all have their uh, um, uh, good attributes, uh, but they have to be used correctly. And I think that's the biggest issue that we find. That's a really good point to look at it proactively and in real time and not so reactively. It kind of makes me think about the team that you talked about running in the yellow and when they bring a new person onto the team, then they have to sort of play it safe and go back into the green. So what are ways that teams can really get those new bakers that come into the operation? How can they get them up to speed quicker so that they can get back in the yellow and really run those process controls as tightly as possible? Once again, it comes back to education. And, and that's what we're always going to have to do. If you look at that process, it's the exact same information available to both a new person and an experienced person. It's the exact same information that's available on the screen when they change operators. So the difference in that is the operator and their experience. You know, we know that information can be obtained. I mean, all the information that they were getting was real time and it was usable information. But to take that information back 
and adjust the system. We have not found a way to do that yet. We have not found a way to take weight of every dough ball coming off the rounder and go back and make weight adjustments on the equipment doing that. And, and is it necessary? You know, I, I, again, uh, do we, can we go too far with things, make it too complicated? I think good, solid knowledge of the very basic parameters is where we need to start. And it needs to be real time. But we never get away from the fact that we have to educate our employees what to do with that. And, and that, again, is where the technology can come in. You know, perhaps the video game concept can kind of do that for us. It can list and say, okay, if this happens, that happens. Mm -hmm. In our education courses, we'll show a product that's burned. It's dark in color, burned. And we ask the employee to guess at what made that happen. Well, you know, guesses are all over the place. You know, not enough water, too much flour too much sugar, too much heat in the last zone. And all those things could cause that. So then we ask them to taste it, you know, and it tastes the burnt, but you can see the crystallized sugar in it. So you know that something happened there, probably causing the sugar to crystallize more. Uh, and it gives you a clue as to how to go on the step of repairing it. So, uh, you know, a lot of things can look the same, but the cause is definitely uh, uh, variable. Right. The data, I think, can help bakers make more educated guesses, right? Absolutely. And there's no question about that. Uh, again, I, I marvel at times when bakers have flower crop changes and they don't tell production. They just let them live through it. And it's an extreme example, but it happens. I don't, I don't understand why, but, you know, it still happens. So that's one thing we need to do is take the data that we have and make it usable to our employees. Right. And understand why it's important. Absolutely. And they need to know that. And I'll tell you, I, I mentioned earlier, I've never seen people's eyes light up so much as when they understand what's behind what they're doing. Yeah. It's amazing. We talk about labor shortages. If we give, we don't give these people enough credit sometime in our bakeries to give them enough information to trust them with it. You know, I think we need to do more of that. We need to give them the information and watch them get the job satisfaction that comes from that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I was, I was kind of thinking about that as you were talking about bakers making a guess and thinking about all of the potential possibilities as to why. And I thought to myself, that's got to be really satisfying to be able to have the opportunity to unpack why. And so that's got to be something that leads to job satisfaction on the plant floor. And I think that's something that has been a challenge lately, the job satisfaction. There's no question about that. I go back to the training session of explaining elasticity, you know, and the lady going and making a pizza for her family that night and explaining to them, this is what she does at work. You know, she checks the elasticity of her dough and they all kind of stretched the dough together and, and played with it at home. We could find a way to measure that elasticity. I don't know that we do anywhere, but we could find a way to measure that. Um, you know, but then if you did, what would you do with it? Just we got to get past the point where this is bad. Don't run it. We need to get to the point. This is not right. What caused it? And again, with all the variables and the inputs, that's going to be fairly complex. But we need to have that ability to get back to the gold standard of where we started. 
And that's too often where we go also. We make an adjustment, that becomes the new standard. Mm -hmm. We make another adjustment, that becomes the new standard. And a lot of companies do a great job of making sure we get back to the base formula, but there's always going to be a tendency to make those adjustments with the door. And we have to. You know, if you look at any in contract manufacturing, we had real tight specs on equipment. But they still understood, you know, they were bakers and they understood we would have to make adjustments at times. You know, so we had a plus or minus 2% on water, for instance. We had a plus or minus 1% on flour. So those are things that they knew we would have to work on to keep the product in spec. What do you think the future looks like when it comes to this ability to collect and analyze data? When we think back to the 80s when the baker took off his hat and jotted notes down on his hat and what we can do now, where do you think we're going? Like when we can, you know, fly our cars to work. <laughs> it, it's it's so dependent upon our workforce, isn't it? It's so dependent on people that want to to do something. In the 80s, we thought we could replace a lot of thinking with technology and that just you know doesn't happen right and i don't think it's ever going to happen we the art of of baking is always going to be there but we need to understand the science more and i think that's where technology can come into play is to help us understand the science of what's occurring at the time wouldn't it be nice if we could look at that burned cookie and put it into a machine and it would tell you that you put in 2% too much sugar, <laughs> that would take that guesswork out for the employee. Mm -hmm. we, we go in and if they leave out the soda, we can kind of taste it. We can check the pH. There are some things we can do in that way. But can we do that with other things? Can we do that with the flour, you know, with the shortening? So I think the, the way to go is to be able to take more discrete measurements on the inbound variables and then turn that into meaningful information uh, for the employee. You've used a word several times in this episode, and that word is meaningful. And I think that's the key, that the information has to be meaningful and the analysis has to be meaningful. And it has to make the process meaningful for the operator, right? Absolutely. And that's where the, the touch and the feel of the dough that the old timers had that was intuitive to them. How can we measure that in a way that interprets it to the new employee? And I think that's going to be critical. Can we put that dough in a little machine that says all the parameters are good here? Or it says, no, the flour is a little high in protein. You better do this to the oven. There, there's two steps. The first is knowing the information, and the second is to know what to do with that information, as we've talked. So if we knew that, for instance, something changed on the inbound ingredient, the other side of that is we need to know what to do about it. And again, that's where I believe the equipment manufacturers can come closer to the bakers in determining that. Again, I, I've been in labs with equipment manufacturers, and they are really looking to the bakers to help incorporate that information into their new technology. And I think everyone is trying to do that. And we're looking for great breakthroughs in that whole thing. If you go to a trade show, you'll find many, many people with instrumentations that'll tell you they can help your process. A lot of that is, is cutting edge. A lot of it's trial. 
but it's it's coming together. There will be a way someday, I believe, to put that piece of dough in a device and it'll tell us more about it than we know today. Again, when you think about how far we've come with technology in such a short amount of time, it's really exciting to think what's on the horizon. Absolutely. Well, Dave, those are all my questions for this episode. And thinking about what's on the horizon, I'm really excited for next week because that is when you have the opportunity to answer listener questions. So we're going to put next week into the hands of our listeners and see what is important to them and what's meaningful to them and tap into your expertise. So I'm really looking forward to that. You know, Joni, I'd love to hear from experienced people also lessons they've learned in helping the new generation understand the process. You know, if there's anything they've got to add, uh, that would be extremely beneficial that our listeners could take and put to use in the line. So not only questions, but also solutions. If people have found ways to do some of these things, I'd love to hear it. And then we could share it with the, uh, with the listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if anyone has a question for Dave or a comment or suggestion, just email info at avantfoodmedia.com. Dave, I will talk to you next week. Joni, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Troubleshooting Innovation Podcast. And a special thank you to our sponsor, Reading Bakery Systems. For more information on RBS and its industry-leading baked snack solutions, visit ReadingBakery.com.